nice when we jump into the Eldraine discussion there. I know that I've already seen some memes about people saying uh, Oathbreaker now officially a magic format reduces the amount of Planeswalkers made per year. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the, the scumbag Steve format. Well, yeah, <laughs> kind of, I guess. So, yeah. I don't I don't know. I, one per like premiere set. Maybe we'll just be getting more in like commander decks, more in like I mean, personally, products. I'm still a huge fan of the idea of like if they would have kept it at the, um, it was it was kind of their idea they announced when they went to the two set blocks, was limiting to like no more than three per set, otherwise it would be like less than, and they would balance it where, if they want to do five, they'll give you five, between the two, or if they want to give you just three, you'd get two and one. And one and the other, you know. And then when they moved to the one set, no block type thing, um, I think it was discussed about that as an idea, but they didn't really want to. But we should probably start the show. We should. We, we have a lot of shit show. to talk about. We have about. a lot of shit to talk about. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 197 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts, I'm Matt, over there, not over there, but we have online, we have Danny. Yeah. Danny is here, uh, but in but, spirit, in spirit, not in person. You're not going to be able to hear him. We'll try our best to relay what he has to say in the chat, but uh, no, no, Danny Sudo here, in spirit here. Yes, in voice he will be here, and he is saying Nith Mizzet. Yeah, he always says Nith Mizzet. That other voice you're hearing is not Garrett. Yeah, because Big G's not here either. Big G is not here. We just have just Anthony. No. I put a thing in there this time, so I'm here. <laughs> still reigning arch enemy, Anthony. That's right. Still, I still am. Still reigning arch enemy, just Anthony. Yeah, that's true. Just Anthony. <laughs> just Anthony. Just Anthony being the arch enemy again. What a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk. We're all glad that you guys decided to join us on this fantastic uh, post-PT Barcelona episode. Yes. And that's what this episode is primarily going to be about. We're going to be talking about this I whole mean, weekend little bit of other news but we'll get to that part when we get to the breakdown because we start off with thanking you yes you dear listener taking the time out of your busy schedule or if you're riding the bus riding the train on a plane going to work um green eggs and ham letting your kids sleep while you're trying to get things done in the house you know you decided to turn us on and we appreciate that very much so big thank you uh should scroll down and look at this here. We appreciate your support and your feedback of any kind. And we want you to know that we are always striving to improve this podcast to make it the best that it can be. So from all of us here at This Week in MTG, from the bottom of our hearts and our deck boxes, thank you so very much. We also got to give a big thank you to the patrons of this podcast. Their monetary support goes to hosting the website and the podcast feed and buying packs and cards for the monthly Patreon giveaways. So we give a big ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, Casey B, Taylor M, Ricky R, Chris O, Coco, the obligatory Go Check Out the Aquarium Guys podcast. 
with that as well, and CEO Chapman. Thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us monetarily like this through Patreon. If any of you guys out there listening want to support us too through Patreon, links down below. We got two tiers, a $3 and a $10 that get you put into draw monthly drawings for booster packs and commander cards that are valued between $15 and $20. We do a super secret live stream for those drawings every month in the Discord because you get, uh, being a patron, you get access to two patreon exclusive discord channels one is a tech one is just the text one where you know i post links of the unedited episode that you will also get oh boy yeah so you get to hear the little (laughs) bits that happened uh before this and most likely that'll happen after this and between our advertisements stuff like that yeah all all that stuff the full unedited then there's also the voice channel which you know where we just kind of chill and hang and do the the monthly drawings yeah and next month so august we're getting that pushed back a week because I'm going to be in Iowa this weekend. So typically we yeah, do the drawings. Okay. We do the drawings the first Saturday of the month, but I'm going to be in Iowa drinking Guinness and sauerkraut. Do we need to have a theme for this one? Did you want a theme? Yeah, so the theme is we're just going to give Commander Master Packs away. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was. And then pick I was going to kind of go with the whole Labor Day thing, like remembrance, you know. Oh. Well, I think people are going to Commander say, Masters. Remember your reprints and how important they are. <laughs> That's what we're going to go with. Remember <laughs> your reprints. Remember those reprints, the value. So yeah, uh, if you're interested in that, go do that. But if you don't feel like supporting us on Patreon, you can also support us by actually just sharing this episode with your friends, your playgroup, your LGS rival. It is a great way to help us out, getting us in front of more ears, more viewers, and stuff like that. Chill. Another excellent way of supporting us is whatever podcatcher that you're listening on, rate and review us. Spotify has just stars, Apple podcasts has like chat text reviews and yep. stuff like that go give us reviews whatever you think we're worth we promise you you're not going to hurt our feelings we have thicker skin we're from the midwest another way you can support us is go by check is by checking out our amazing sponsor jdub sports cards and gaming speaking of let's hear an ad from them now JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's move to this episode's breakdown, where we tell you what you're going to be hearing in this episode. It's uh, foreshadowing for some of those. I think it's called in the industry foreshadowing. Yes. Starting off, we're going to go to the Boggle Desk, where... No shadows of doubt over here. (laughs) (laughs) where Anthony is going to be taken away with a salt report. And then the bulk of this episode is going to be in the boggle desk here because, as we said, Pro Tour Barcelona, Pro Tour, the Lord of the Rings, was this last weekend, modern. And we are modern fanatics, so we got a lot of shit to talk about. We'll probably get a little more in-depth because both Anthony and I, we we watched it almost the whole time, I'd say. I would say, yeah, I think so. I I was watching it from... um, I... 
I watched what I could on Friday while at work, and it got to a point where I was like, fuck this, I'm going to watch it after work, which I did. I just did the recap, because like, I got too busy at work, I couldn't keep up with it. But I just kept up with like what was happening, at least. And then Saturday, I watched the majority of it. And then Sunday, I woke my ass up at 3 a.m. to start watching it, and got tired, and I was like... I'll just get up early. I'll just get up a little bit earlier and go back to watching it later. So worked out. So yeah, that's going to be the bulk of the episode, and then we'll talk about some upcoming events like Energy Detroit, Gen Con this weekend, and then just touch on like MagicCon Vegas because you know that's going to be coming out. Jumping into the news, we're going to talk about Secret Lair news teaser that was just announced today. There's an update on the Behold the new Phyrexia, the Beatles and Grimm. Uh, Supplemental product, bonus yeah. product? Supplemental. supplemental bonus product that they did. Then we're going to jump into all the information that, more of the information that came out uh, at Barcelona through the panels and stuff, the preview panel for Doctor Who, Throne of Eldraine, some Ixalan stuff. Then we're going to close off with an update on the Card Kingdom Union that uh, became a thing. So, yeah. From there, uh, jump to the Conjured Currency section where we play our favorite Conjured Currency game where I guess why a card is moving up in price. Then, that's the end of the episode. Y'all can be done for a week with us. Until next week, we'll have more news, most likely, because this yes. is how the game works. There's always news. So, Anthony, take us away. We're at the Boggle Desk. All right, we're going to start off with a major salt report, right? This is like war crime level salt report right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, we did not have a, form, a four-person commander pod to fire off on Saturday night to play. Which meant you got to go to bed. And wake up to watch the top eight. Yep. Which is the and best. the worst part is, war crime levels, it let me stay as the reigning arch enemy right now of our group of people playing on the Discord. So that's not okay. I can't be allowed to be committing atrocities with my Eldrazi deck and my Slivers deck and every other deck that seems stupidly oppressive for some reason. And everyone hates against. I don't know why people hate stacks. I, th- I think it's fine. There's nothing wrong with the IRS auditing your taxes, okay? That's what I do. You are the tax man. <laughs> you know, what I see in you right now is the way that you're like this. It's uh, that little line at the beginning of Zootopia yeah. where it's like, I could be anything. Even an auditory holds up his pen. Yeah. I am uh, vicious for tax exemptions. Oh, God. That's, that's you right that's there. That's right. That's right. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that the only salt report is just we didn't get to fire off a pod, but people are busy. It happens at summertime. Not a big deal. I'll be honest with you. I was half tempted to be like, hey, did you want to play some arena or some spell table? Oathbreaker? Pi- pi- yeah, that too. I don't have Pioneer. So. But uh, I'm like, no, nah, this isn't out for me to go to sleep so that way I can guarantee yeah. wake up on time. I got to wake up on time to my thing. Yeah. No, that's okay. I wasn't too offended by that. I just thought it'd be a great bit to joke about. Uh, but no, seriously, no. We're going to just salt report wise, yeah, it was a joke. Who cares? We're moving straight into the big, the big Kahuna, the big fucking burger of deliciousness that we need to talk about, which was Pro Tour Barcelona Lord of the Rings. My God, Matt, that was just a great weekend watch. Like I, I was telling my wife this, like how excited I was about watching it and everything. She's like, "Well, why are you so excited about this?" I'm like, first off, we're playing modern. In paper. Second, Under Pro Tour, which we haven't seen since yeah. 2018 yes. in Barcelona yes. as well. Yes. And then I said, secondly, 
we're not doing arena and all because I was explaining to her the whole fact of like that Wizards of the Coast has agreed upon that they're not going to ever do an arena pro tour ever again because they realize that people don't like watching it, yeah. which the, I the, wonder why. Lack of spectator mode? Question yeah, because that and, whole that whole thing and was lack so of fucking... like like caring of interaction. <laughs> it's the best way I explain. It. I was like, if you watch somebody playing chess or some game or whatever, you like watching them in person because you like to watch the people too, versus. If you're watching the screen of just someone playing a game, like, well, who cares? Yeah, some of them didn't have cameras. Some of them did, you know. Yeah. Stuff, so, I mean, it's just, it's great. We're we're back with the paper. Like Another part, too, is no offense to anyone that loves Pioneer. Pioneer's great and all, but it's not as exciting as modern can be. Modern is becoming your new legacy. Modern's becoming the new hotness. We're going we're gonna to be getting some hot takes easily yes. on modern and maybe talk about everyone's thoughts on bands after this as well. Oh, of course. We'll That's see all we'll, that people are going to want to talk about, too. We'll see if we delve down that rabbit hole. We'll do our best to keep it on tracks here. Yeah. So we'll start it off. Uh, there was three days played. Uh, first day, of course, was what? We got Casey saying, Pioneer, greater than modern. You're wrong, Casey. Get over it. <laughs> all right. Moving on. <laughs> I don't know how many uh, <laughs> Casey. If I looked at the stats, uh, how many how many tournaments for modern in the last year have been more important for RCQs versus pioneers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, get take that, get wrecked. <laughs> Anyways, so what's two, the number? Number? Yeah, what's the number? You know the number off the top of your head? I could I could tell you that there has been at least ten in the last year, like from today to last year, there has been at least ten RCQs. That makes me sad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You, you can still like it. It's fine. You I'm broke just, Casey. You I'm made sorry, him Casey. so sad. I'll give you a hug next time I see you. I'm sorry. We got Barra here saying Commander is greater than any other format. Well, for casuals, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a spike, maybe you got to play something real. You're not going to rip out Barra's heart here? You just fucking stomped on Casey. You I'm, ripped listen, him to shreds like a dick. Arch and enemy. Here, and now here's, arch enemy here's here. Barra coming in arch with, enemy. The, with the Commander gloves. And you're not going to be a dick. Well, clearly he hasn't played with me yet, so <laughs> I haven't torn him a new sundered asshole either. All right, we're getting to the point. We're stop reading the chats and get to the point. Sorry, guys, we love it, we enjoy it. Don't worry, but we got to talk about stuff. All right, so it was three days. First day, <laughs> it was three rounds, three three rounds of draft, three rounds Lord of the Rings draft, yep. five rounds Swiss modern. Yep, and then again the second Saturday. day. Then for Saturday, top eight, and then we went top eight on Sunday. Single elim top eight. Well, well it's always single elim. But no, it's always best. No, they also three have out of five. They, they also have loser bracket uh, up there as well for some of the top eights. They have or is the, that. the sixteens. That's that's top for the sixteens go into the loser bracket sometimes. Yeah, that's and that's also more for like player of the year stuff. They do a lot gotcha. more of that. Okay. With this normal pro tour stuff, that's all it is: a single limb, best three out of five. Yes. Um, and the other rule too behind that for anyone just to clarify is, uh, for best three out of five, you have to play two games before you can sideboard. Yes. So, especially for the top eight. Uh, anyways, so we have to give it to Jake Beardsley. Oh, we're, 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 we're just leading right up. Into oh, we're that. just we're leading not... right into it. Okay. Okay. We don't care. We're going to talk about all of this anyways. Yeah, we'll break it down. We'll do, we'll do the breakdown. Order. But congratulations, Jake Beardsley. Uh, first time ever Pro Tour. It was his birthday showing on Saturday. His birthday on Saturday, Saturday. or Sunday? Saturday. 
Okay, just wanted to clarify. I didn't. Yes. I thought they said something about it being Sunday. No, no, his which birthday I was like, was either Saturday. way, like, it doesn't matter. It, it was exciting weekend. for him to make it into the top eight yep. on his birthday. So he made it in top eight. Oh, that's right. He made it in top eight for his birthday. Uh, he played against some heavy hitters, which was awesome to see. You know, he made it through a the lot German of things. German juggernauts, Kai yeah. Buddha, fucking Kai Buddha, Kai motherfucking, and Buddha. I mean, he slugged through everything, took it all to the top. Hold on, you didn't say what he's playing. How do you? Say? I'm getting. There. Oh, you're getting there. Okay, I'm getting there. You're always you say, so. You're always you're so just, much in a you're rush. You're just leading. Like he did all this fighting and stuff, and it's like, well, what is he fighting with? You never let me just like okay. do my thing. Man. Do your thing. Do your thing. <laughs> all right. He was playing by the pro tourist names. It was Rakdos Evoke, but we all know his scam. I, I really want <clears throat> it to be called Revoke now. Revoke. Revoke or Ravoke. You know, uh, Rakdos Evoke, it feels yeah. a little better. Scam is good. Don't Rack, get me wrong. Rakvoke? Well, you see, it's like Rakdos Evoke. There's both K and Oak in there. So Whatever. it's like. Whatever. I just would rather revoke. just call it Scam. Like, that's what I it's mean, named. Yes. I'm being. I know. Fucking, You're I'm being fishishish. 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 Fishy fingers. Anyways, so he won it with Rakdos Evoke, or as otherwise we all know it as Rakdos Scam. Um, the top eight consisted of three Teamer Rhinos, three Mono Green Trons. <laughs> Say that again. Three for mono in, green Tron. For the people in the back, yes. Mono green Tron, once Blast again, from making past. it. Yeah. Coming in hot. We had also then hot. one primetime Amulet Titan deck. Bless you, Dom Harvey. Yep. Primetime. Dominic Fishman Harvey Island. out of Canada playing that. And then, like I said, the Rakdos Evoke deck. Um, Jake Beardley. Yeah. So we'll just do a quick breakdown of the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Uh, we had Javier Dominguez playing Mono Green Tron against Dominic Harvey with Amulet Titan. I do want to say that Javier Dominguez was uh, seed one coming into this. Yes, he was. Um, which then follows Jake Beardsley to Marco Del Pivo. Damn it, I can't say names. Marco Del Pivo, Teamer Rhinos. Then you had Christian Calcano, who was playing Mono Green Tron against Kai Buda with Teamer Rhinos. Simon Nielsen playing Mono Green Tron versus Stefano Vincia. Playing Team of Rhinos. Uh, breaks into the semifinals. Dominic Harvey over Javier Dominguez. And then you had Jake Beersley over Marco DePivo. Christian Calcano over Kai Buda. And Simon Nielsen against Stefano Vincia. To which then led us into a kind of cool bracket, but also kind of sad, in my opinion. Because I, I, I love to have seen it not be like a mirror match again. Because there, there was a mirror match in the leading into the finals. Mm-hmm. Or leading into the top eight for Christian and Simon, which is fine. It's not the end of the world. It's just, I mean, we saw it before. Yeah. So it's like, I just wanted to see something different. Like, I was kind of excited to see something different, maybe. But then it, it was fine. It all, it was once again, it was great to see from the aspect of a of competitive play of what people want to know about the mirror match. Like, this was a great way to see a secondary go around of both players playing each other once and being like, okay, how do I attack this again? Yeah. Like seeing, seeing, Tron players who know the deck in and out very yes. well duking it out because the game definitely came down like playing over Karn Great the Great Creator yep. was like a key bit of both of those where it's like whoever got that down was in a very I, I would almost position. I would almost say it was very similar esque in the idea of like old modern like with Cobblade type stuff when like people played around Jace the Mind Sculptor and everything for standard like Karn's the same way it was like you're trying to lay down Karn at the right moment to lock your opponent out from what they're doing. And that it can get tricky sometimes. Yeah. Because if you're not paying attention well enough, like you can have a way just to 
like sling attack back and just be like, no, I'm gonna kill you, dude. It's like okay, um, yeah. Uh, then we had also Dominic Harvey versus Jake Beardsley, who was playing uh, Amulet Titan versus Rakdos Evoke. They had a very good, they had a very good four matches. Oh my god, they and were Dominic, so fucking good. Dominic game, pulled it in game three. No, it was right. Well, uh, game two was a good one because it was turn three. Dom had no lands in play because his Urza Saga uh, sacked to get the second Amulet Titan, and then he was Amulet, able, yeah, a vigor. Amulet of Vigor. And then uh, was able to go off and win. Okay, so he won game two. two. And then Jake proceeded to do... Jake was game one. Dominic was game two. Jake proceeded then to stomp two games in a row. Because I think he got to... I think he got to, like, blood moon effects and whatever right away. And good hand ripping. So that made a big difference. I mean, between Simon and Christian, you look at the stats. Three to two, it was a straight-up slug match, which is what you enjoy to watch. And that's okay. But yeah, uh, Dom Harvey got the second game, which again, uh, the third third game was intense though because it did look like he was going to be coming back because uh, he yeah, had a, he had yes. a Valakut play that wiped the board. Yep. And then what happened was Jake ended up stealing a prime time and then stealing some other stuff, and then he just shut out Amulet the Titan completely because of what he was doing, and it was fucking beautiful to watch that because I was just like, oh my god, like this is crazy. The, the Yeah, the craziest thing of this is like Jake really showed the power of um, Void Mage. Yep, Dothy Voidwalker. Dothy Voidwalker. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like that's that's one of the cards that like I think had such a low highlight expectation of how good it is in the deck because everyone always thinks like Grief's really good, Fury's really good, the turn one, drop it and do something crazy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like Dothy Voidwalker hands down is like one of the key pieces for that deck that I feel like is more important than most people realize. And like, I know like Garrett and I have talked about this in the past too, of like just, you just crazy plays that you have with Dothy Voidwalker when he's, he runs his black red scram, but yeah, it's a low, it's a low balance or it's a low priced card right now, which people, if you want some, get them now. Cause if this deck creates popularity, cause it, I mean, run the pro tour scam is already a popular deck. Yes. And that hit the pro tour, which means, People are gonna be like, "Oh, I want to play this deck." Which, you know, will it go down in price again? Probably it will. But if you want to play it in the meantime, before everything gets too crazy, you should probably pick up your four copies. Because what are they sitting at for market? Uh, market price is nine ninety three, average of eight twenty six, which means that well, they, the average is going to be moving up here shortly. Because I was going to say these already went, look like they rise a bit, anyways. Because like this. I looked over the weekend, and I saw on TCG Player like they were just sitting around like a few dollars less than that. So. Yeah. But yeah, just people got to just get on it. So, um, but anyways, so then we had those and then we moved into, yeah, it's already uh, raised up in price. Yeah. You're yep. looking on TCG player <laughs> straight spike up here. Last yep. sales, uh, 750, 799. And that's, that's what I saw over the weekend was like around the seven to $8 range instead of being like nine to 10 range. I mean, you can still find some, but like I said, you got to get on it if you want it right away. And then we got to the finals and my, my God, Matt, I don't know about you, but my fucking pants almost blew off my goddamn legs a few yeah. times from how scared yeah. I got. There was butthole puckering. Okay, so I want to say I was uh, I was going in biased. I was really rooting for Dom Harvey with Amulet Titan in, in, in the finals I here. I know you were. So when That's he got why put, I told you that was done. It was done. When he got paired up against uh, Jake, I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. You know, primetime is going to stomp scam. It did not happen. So I was rooting for Jake the rest of the way there. But don't be fooled. It, does, it can stomp scam too. Yes, it can. It can. It's just... So, uh, and that's something we'll talk about afterwards too. Yes. 
but continue. No, continue. Oh, on. I, I was. I was just. I was just putting a point out there for people to yeah. think about. So I was. Uh, I was rooting for uh, prime time and all that stuff. But then, as soon as uh, Jake beats Dom, I'm like, hey, I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Jake here. Root scam. Yep, scam. Scam beat prime time. The deck I was rooting for. So going all the way with scam. But yes, the finals match. Was I'll be it. honest. I was rooting for Tron just because I. I'm a Tron player as well. Like I'm not like a heavy Tron player, but like I do love the the deck design. And watching what the new build looks like, I want to play this now finally. Yeah, because like build. I've just been I've been kind of wanting to like I want to try something different. As everybody was saying this weekend, who would have known that removing Karn Liberated would make the deck better? Because it was only a one of fun of is how they were joking the whole weekend of Karn Liberated in the Tron decks. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean like if you talk to like Blake over at J Dubs and stuff about it and everything, like he could tell you a lot about it because he's a he's a main core. Uh, Tron fanatic, just like I'm a, a Thopter Sword fanatic, you know. So like, he could give you a big, big lowdown. But like, the reality was like that was kind of always an argument on what to do, because like Karn Liberated always seemed like not really valuable enough all the time. But like, you wanted to. But like the like the whole change of the format. So I, I think I think it's a great move. I think moving Karn Liberated to one and just being as a a one of thing and kind of getting him in the roster rotation like. Your Ugins, your Ulamogs, like you just spread out your diverse threats, makes a big difference, and I think that's what is huge. Well, the big thing along is, with the other thing is like the One Ring. Yeah, of course. Say, this can... like we we've said this since day one when they showed the One Ring. Like everybody has been preaching it from the rooftops. Like Tron is the best deck for the One Ring, and that's true because you can on turn three play that plus something else. Yeah, double spelling for one plus one equals seven. Plus drawing, and that's what the deck is... needs more than anything anyways because like, you see so many matchups where this deck always ran out of gas. Well, guess what? The one ring creates the fucking gas that you need to fuel it back in. So yeah, the one ring is great there. And yeah. you could, and you can uh, the, the, the play that was also uh, hi, uh, not highlighted, uh, prioritized a lot of the time was you know having Tron and then going Karn Great Creator and then getting your sideboard piece, the Stone Brain, made yep. fucking games. A lot of work. Uh, I mean, it's a good card. It we, does what it's supposed to do. We saw it in the semis with uh, the the Simon Nielsen and Christian Calcano. Christian Calcano. Yep. So there. So, anyways, they like I said, they we get to the finals. It's a it's a gritty match. Um, I think. It was Kilcano took game one, right? I think Kilcano took game one. You'll have to look and see what it was, but I think it was he took game one, and then Jake took game two and three, and then game four was just a gritty, gritty fucking fight. And like I, I suggest to anyone that's listening, like you really need to watch the replay. You need to watch the replay of the top eight, like. It's really good, but watch the finals replay. Like I was telling, like I said to Matt originally, I was, dude, I was jumping out of my fucking pants, the butthole puckering situation, like whatever you want to call it, like edge of the fucking chair, like almost falling off five times type feeling. Like it was just trying to find out what was going to happen in this in this finals, like because you're just watching, like this fucking dominant start in game four by Jake, and all of a sudden you see Christian slowly just climbing. Climbing back up, just finding an answer here, finding an answer there. Yes, fighting through blood moons, fighting through like just fucking fighting. And I remember we were talking about it in the Discord. And I remember at one point, like, because Nomad said he couldn't listen to the sound because uh, kids were running around, whatever, and stuff. And he was just asking, like, what was the big deal with like, uh, uh, what's the name, the Titan 
Croxa. Croxa. What's the big deal with Croxa and everything? Oh, and I said right away, I was like, it was because the whole idea, I said, if he didn't have a card, if he didn't have a non-land in his hand, it was game over, and that was it. Yeah, because uh, it was six damage. He was Jake, at five. Yeah, Jake had uh, Jake had a croaks and a bolt. Uh, yeah, he had his one of two bolts, which actually his one of one bolt because they they looked at the sideboarding. He did side one bolt out. Oh, so that okay. was his only bolt that he had too. So he had a bolt and the croxa, and Christian was at five. Yes, no so. protection, no one ring to save him. One nothing. card in hand. One card in hand, which was a chrome star or chrome sphere that he could have played the turn before. Yep, he could have played the turn before. Empty his hand in a sense. And um, this is the thing that Matt and I talked about after the whole finals was done too. And I went back and looked to see like what he he did draw another non land card. So like if he would have activated the Chrome Star because he had mana to do it, he could have found something. But the thing is that's such a risky play, and like he just went the safe bet without even thinking about Croxa anyways. Unless he did, I don't. We don't really know if he did or not. It, it, it was open deck lists, so I know. But I mean, like I don't so think he could have thought. I don't know if he thought that or not. I think he just maybe held it for some reason to like. Yeah, maybe pull uh, grief or something to try to get his opponent to do something, you know. Yeah, but like either way, he did the right move, just held it in hand because there's no need to play it. There's no need to rush, and he just he did it. He took back game four, and then Which went into did game not five. Seem, did not seem possible. No, it didn't seem possible at all. And then hits game five, and game five he just gets trounced by. Uh, scam doing what they do best, which is rip your fucking hand apart and not well, allow you to play. Was the fi- no? Wasn't the final game when uh, he had turn one uh, fury going hardcore? Or I was mean, that was that like game? That was a different game. I game think two? this. No, yeah, it was that was because uh, there one one of the games he. And this is the thing. Well, no, because no, he. I think he turned one fury, but then he also griefed right away too. Okay, he did an evoked grief and then. Uh, did some other stuff, but like he, he, he just tore it fast. Like he tore everything apart really fast, and then he took away like a map. He took away the chromatic uh, sphere star, where he like he took away all the options of mana color, and just like got Christian just kind of locked out of being able to play anything to save himself. And even with Tron active, because like he had Tron turn three still, but the problem was he didn't have any valid threats on turn three. There was no O stone. There was no one ring. There was, I mean, he just didn't have it because, like I said, his hand was ripped. Game three was a game three where we highlighted the uh, Voidwalker as being a beast of a card. Yes. So game three was the highlighting of the Voidwalker because it was a... Turn two Voidwalker to turn three. three thought seize or grief? Yeah, thought seize to yoink an Ulamog the no, Ceaseless no. Hunger. It wasn't a yoink him. of Ulamog. It was Kelcano throwing yeah. him the Ulamog. <laughs> He's like, fuck! Yeah, just <laughs> gave him the Ulamog. And he, and here's a good example of why paper magic is phenomenal. You get that like in person like, and like the, tension the, the there. fun and but they're having fun oh, with yeah. it too because like <laughs> Christian like you look they pan over to him and he's just like smiling with all like ah damn he got me yeah so he just hands it over pretty much like this is what you're taking anyways because there's like what a star and I think a Karn was, was the and then star so, Karn and a couple and lands in hand couple lands maybe there was a one ring uh, yeah. but point was it was Ulamog. To which then, right he, after he takes it, he attacks. He, he, no, no, uh, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't attack. He just straight up sacrifices Dothi and takes and then the just, Tron lands, and then just play. right away plays and casts, casts, Ul- casts the cast, Ulamog cast with from Dothi Exile. Voidwalker. Yep, because the whole thing with Dothi is you can cast any card that's been exiled with him without paying its mana cost. Without paying its mana cost, so which is important. And that's uh, also again why if you want Dothi Voidwalkers, you better pick them up. 
the the uh, it, it was Riley Knight and Corey Bout. No, it wasn't Riley. Knight. It was uh, Cedric uh, Cedric Phillips and Paul Chion that were yes. uh, commenting. They were at, they were commentators for the top eight. Yes, and they were talking about it was like. Uh, I thought the fastest that you can have an Ulamog out was turn four, but here we are. And then Cedric right away. I guess it's turn three. Yeah, turn three Ulamog. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. It's so fucking good. Oh, uh, but yeah. So it was it was a good end to the top eight, and like I said, the the final game was fast and over, and still it was. Uh, we'll, we'll finish your thought. Then. Anyways, um, but yeah. So it it the thing that was I the one thing that I said in our chat too was like the biggest and most important thing was the finals. It didn't matter who won the thing overall. The The fact that, I mean, everyone has their opinion on what they wanted to win, but like the fact was you had a good top or you had a good final game of the entire tournament. It was everything everything everybody wanted. It was the slugging out for it. It was, it was just beautiful moments, fun times, like everything you wanted to have for a finals versus some of the finals I remember watching where it was three and out, I won. And it's like, that's kind of lame. This was intense. I I enjoyed like so like that f- that fifth game. It was fine that it ended really fast. I mean like we we had the moment in game four. It's we had everything we wanted, uh, and it also ended very nicely with uh, Jake Beardsley. You know, th- his, his girlfriend came with. Yep, him his girlfriend and, came and, to and, and, and it, all it his friends like, and like it was that movie moment at the end there. Yep, like cheesy corny. I'm kissing my girl at the end. It was beautiful, and I got my trophy, and he's beautiful. just happy. And you know what? I'm glad, and I hope we see some more of him. And as a player, I mean, like, here's the thing, too. You know, going back and watching some of the replays and stuff of the top eight to, the, like, the other stuff, like, he he actually did, for his first time pro tour, like, he did really well on camera. He had some minor mistakes. He had a few minor mistakes against Kelcano. Well, first off, it's... I, I know it's the pressure's high, there. I get that. High-pressure situation. I'm just saying, though, like, for, for someone's first time, though, he actually did really well. Oh, clearly. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, clearly, he did well. That's he, not he fucking one, Anthony. Don't belittle the fact. I'm not here. belittling. I'm just saying. It sounds as like someone are. like myself. You I did would everything be, good. But oh my god, Anthony. No, I'm talking from the perspective <laughs> of like I analyze myself when I play in tournaments. It's like I bet in his mind too. At the end of all this, he probably thought to himself like, "Okay, I got to remember about the treasure thing next time if that ever comes up. Use my treasures before my lands because they're gonna go away or something." Like that's that whole concept. I'm just saying like for him. Did a great job, everything, and he had minor things to fix for the next time, and that's really important as a competitive player. Uh, Cisco and Ebert review right there. Just shut up. <laughs> but, Fuck you. But we got uh, Casey with a good question that'll lead us into the next part of this, where we're just kind of talking more general meta that was yes. showcased there. So um, Casey asks. Also in the show notes too, if you want to go and get the links for what decks oh. were playing the top eight and all that stuff. Yeah, go over do that. Not a big deal. Um, I don't think we really need to go in too much detail. I'll say this right now. We don't have time to talk about it, but the difference between us plebs that play at our local game store to try to compete in the RCQs and all this stuff, you look at the Pro Tour decks, and they are always 100 times way different and more complex in the thought process on why cards are in there. Like I cannot tell you the amount of times like people I hear talk about this where it's like, well, I don't know why they're doing this. And it's like the thing I was thinking about coming here from work even was like, that's a big thing people sometimes don't think about is like they're playing in their meta field. Like they're not playing with the local guys that all come from like DL, Monoman, uh, Bismarck, Grand Forks, and in Fargo to like J-Dubs or to Paradox to play these big tournaments. You have to understand your meta. 
they understand their meta, which means if you're that high-level player, you're going to understand why the cards are in the deck for that reason. Oh, when we get to one card, I, I enjoyed this tech we talked about on a bonus episode. We didn't mention yep. that there's going to be a bonus episode coming out this week from us. Uh, there's one card that I really liked as like that that kind of like tech that you know smarter people, smarter magic players were able to come yeah. up with. But so it, it just goes back to the simplest thing of uh, we just you got to play to your meta. That's the biggest thing I'm going to say to this, and I'm going to move on. We're done with this part. So check the decks out. Let's go to the breakdowns. Okay, uh, so we uh, we'll have a question that leads into the breakdown here. We'll answer that in a second, Casey. So the breakdown archetype of what happened this last weekend at Barcelona is uh, decks that were entered were nineteen percent, nineteen point three percent of the field was Rakdos of Vogue, fifty two decks. There was thirty four color Omnath decks, eleven point two percent of the field. Rhinos, twenty nine decks, ten point eight percent of the field. Mono Green Tron, 24 decks, 8.9% of the field. Golgari Yagmoth, 19 decks, 7.1% of the field. Demir Control, 16 decks, 5.9%. And this is field. also, this is Demir Control. This is not Murktide Demir. Yes, this Just is. to make sure people understand. This is some new new kind of control deck that's kind this of. This is the Sauron's Ransom, the One Ring subtlety shit that yeah, we, more, we talked about. Way more controlling versus some of the Murktide ones that we've seen with Snapcasters and being more cheeky like the, the Is It version of Murktide. There was 11 Living Index, 4.1% of the field. 11 Burn Decks, 4.1%. 9 Is It Murktides, 3.3%. 5 Color Creativity, 8 Decks, 3% of the field. 7 Jeskai Breach, 2.6%. And then 53 Other Decks, 197 percent of the field so just shy of the the rakdos or no more than rakdos there's so rakdos evoke was uh and uh, uh almost a fourth of the field yeah and so was just the rest the others and stuff yeah mainly the top the top three covered a lot of the field like you have a small breakdown of different things but yeah it was it was a lot so then you have um i think we just do you want to just talk about um, not so much deck numbers, but just give these archetypes out quick? You want me to read these ones here? The, yeah. The, the others? Okay. So the other ones, there's just, some pretty good stuff yeah, here. Yeah. Just, just run through the... Samwise-Ganji combo. Yep. Hammer Time, uh, five decks. Uh, uh, Mono new, Black Coffers. That made an appearance on one of the... Uh, feature matches. Feature matches. So watch if you can. Uh, Nomad. Yeah. This, this deck, I, I tagged you in it on, on the Discord. So, hey, join the Discord, by the way. it's The Discord is free. Just join in. Yeah, we love talking with people. Uh, Amulet Titan, which we talked about, made a top eight, so that's pretty. That's pretty good for being only four decks in the field. Yeah, that's but, one thing we will mention is that that was one point five percent of the field, and one of those made top eight. That, the one sleeper. of those was Dom Harvey, who is well, he's a master pilot of it. He is. Which I can't remember the other one. The old, the old. Uh, there's, there's like, like two or three like major master pilots of prime time, and he's one of them. Yes, he. Uh, if I remember correctly, that they're talking about over the weekend is that he wrote uh, an 82-page breakdown with Sideboard Guide on yes. how to pilot Tron. He, so and, Dom, he, and he loves Primetime. Amulet yes, Titan. I, I, Amulet Titan. Yeah. He, so Dom Harvey, Primetime Pilot. Extraordinaire. Yeah. Amulet Titan Prime. Whatever. Amulet I always call it Primetime. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Primetime, bro. Uh, we got Urzathoptrasaur, Mono Black Grief, so let's just Two focus decks. on that. Um, yeah, we're not going to worry about the deck numbers. we go through it. Um Nia Escape Shift, Five Color Bring to Light, Demir Mill, Jeskai Control, Asmo Food, Gruel Valcut, Merfolk, Grixis Shadow, Jun Sagavan, 
So good for them. Yep. Five color Omnath, Azorius <laughs> Control, five color Reanimator, Demir Murktide, Is it Breach, Affinity, Oops, All Spells, Is it Control? And like Matt was saying, there there's a lot of twosies and onesies. Um, I know I got hit up on both the two different Thurs, uh, uh, Urza Thopter Sword decks, both very interesting. One of them really reminded me a lot of kind of like the old uh, Arkham's Astrolabe kind of build, which is cool to see. Um, but also the past. a little blast from the past, but also knowing that it probably wasn't going to do well because the field was very heavy with the major players. So, but it was a good breakdown. So it was a it was a good it was a really good tournament overall with the stuff. So, all right, let's uh, answer that question quick. So Casey asked in the chat, "Is the One Ring good for modern?" So, leading that off, we're going to read out the number of copies the One Ring showed at Pro Tour Barcelona. 450 copies. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Modern is checkers to Pioneer's chess. Get out of here with that. Just stop. <laughs> stop. You're embarrassing yourself right now. Casey, just rip into Anthony this time. Casey. Rip into him. I'm going to revoke that hug pretty soon. <laughs> I promise the hug. I'm going to revoke it pretty soon. So the One Ring had 450 <laughs> copies, 415 main deck, 35 sideboard. A lot of the sideboard was for like the Tron list so they could pull it out with. Uh-uh. No, they did not do that. That wasn't in the Tron decks? It was never in the side. Tron plays it in the main always. Did they? Yes. Okay. It's, so, there's a there's an explanation behind a lot of that. We don't have time for that right now. Okay. Uh, Orcus, Orcish Bowmasters, 413 copies, 406 in main decks, 7 in sideboards. Fury, 376 copies total, 290 main deck, 86 sideboard. Chalice of the Void, 355 total, two main, 353 sideboard. That makes sense. Skip over the next one. It's just yeah. a land. No one cares. Uh, Thought Seize, 303, 230 main deck, 73 side. Force of Negation, 302 total, 276 in the main, 26 in the side. Besaju, who endures the land, land that does matter. It does matter. 286 total copies, 172 main, 115 side. And then uh, we'll just kind of like I know, skip that's, over like that. Said, these random little like lands are just, yeah. they're just mana based, like not important parts. So the big thing here is like talking about the One Ring and Orcish Bowmasters, I guess. Um, I mean, it, you know, I'll put it out there. Like I don't. I don't see the problem yet. Yeah, I was about like I, I mean, watching watching the tournament all weekend. Like, I know people talked about it. I know, like, even Wizards wrote a flipping article about those two cards and like how many copies, whatever. Like, but here's the thing, though. Those weren't like always the main reason people won the games. They got highlighted nicely. Yes, like the one ring showed mm. very well in the decks that were on the feature matches. That and, uh, Cabal, that Cabal Coffers deck yes. showed very well with it. The Titan but, deck showed well. But with you it, also it watch, do. you also watch though too, in the sense that like, um, like Amulet Titan and like Tron with the one ring, like you saw the power of what it was for, and you saw like the purpose behind it for how it helps them. But it wasn't like, it's not the reason you win a game. Like that's the whole thing. We saw that with like uh, the feature match that they had with the mono black coffers deck that ran. The, it had the one ring. Guess what? The one ring killed them. Yeah. The, it doesn't, the, it's the not lost those. It, it doesn't counters. save you from like the game sometimes. Like I'm so like, I just don't see, I'm not seeing this thing where people are like, this card's a problem. We got to ban it type of thing. Cause Orcish Bowmasters, which is supposed to be 
the weapon to stop the one ring because you're drawing so many cards. It has. It did show that it it you know, can, but it wasn't the main reason everybody was winning all the time. No, it wasn't. Like Orcish Bowmaster is just another piece. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just, they're pieces of equipment in your arsenal. Just like you have different items to help you. The biggest thing I saw this weekend that was the most important that we didn't talk about in our special episode either. But uh, the red enchantment, red decks flipping over, burn decks specifically flipping over away from Eidolon of Revels. Oh, to yeah, the Roiling Vortex. Roiling, vo- uh, yeah, Roiling Vortex, Vortex, which came out of... Uh, Zendikar Rising. Yes, there's the one. I kept thinking Battle Zendikar in my head. I'm like, no, nah, it's not right. But yes, the whole idea of like, there's so many free spells out there, punish the free spells. Five damage is punishing, which Very. means it's like, and that's the thing. This is that moment of like things I've always talked about. Like when we always have talks about bands and talks about like what we think we should do and everything. And I'm always like, you have to play to your meta. Like this is the whole idea. Like the meta finally saw the shift. Granted, and I said this as well too in our chat, which I was like, I love this change, but it's a bit slow of the party because we should have been doing this a little bit sooner. Because if you have a splash of red, if you don't want to deal with the free spells your opponents are playing, if you don't play free spells, that's the card you put in because five Rolling damage vortex. is serious. Yeah, Rolling Vortex is huge, and you also have the ability to shut off life, life gain as well. So that's the other part that is like a sleeper is like for people that don't like uh, Omnath. Like for the longest time, like people yeah. complain about Omnath. I never thought about like I mean I thought about it and sat there and said the same thing all the time. I'm like why is nobody playing this card? You know, I kept telling myself because I'm like it stops life gain. And then I'm like sitting there going, "Stops like, those evoke spells that Omnath is easily casting like 99 percent yep. of the times." But like, Burn always complain about, "Oh, Omnath's so hard to fight. Omnath's so hard to fight." It's like one red mana changes all that right there. Yeah, two mana, red one. No, no, you play it for red one. Oh, the uh, ability acti- yeah, activating to it stop your opponent to gain okay, from yes. gain life is one red mana. But like I said, this is this is your point of like uh, to answer the question for you though, Casey. Is the One Ring good for Modern? I think it is. I think it is a card that it pushes the limits. It put... No, finish your thought and I'll read it. Motherfucker. Uh, it pushes the limits. It, it's a thing just like how the Evoke Elementals were when they came out. It's just like when Ren 6 came out. It's just like anything we've ever gotten added to the Modern playing field. It's going to be the hotness. It's going to be the thing everybody wants to play with. It's going to be the thing that everyone's going to try to jam into every fucking thing you can. The fact that it's a colorless spell, you're gonna you people are gonna test it in like any kind mm-hmm. of deck they can because it's colorless. As compared to you know with like solitude and grief, they can only go in like a white deck or a black deck, and that kind of like limits how much you can see. And more people are just gonna see a ring because they're testing it until things settle down. Like people were talking of the one ring being really good in Omnath. Well, th- this weekend has proved it was not that good in Omnath. Exactly because there was no fucking Omnath decks that came close to top eight. Yeah, and if one did. It barely got to where it was at in the first place. It was proven and talked about at the end of the whole thing. It's not as good as people thought it was for Omnath. It's great. Guess what? What we talked about a while back, too, in our special episode about meta breakdown of decks wanting to run this. I stand by my thing. Uh, Golgari Yagmoth. they it don't had, run it. Uh, no, did, uh, one of the decks had it in there. One, but not many of them were running it. It was in so. a featured match, though, I remember. Yeah, but it. the other ones... It's a sideboard card for one of them, but like other decks, though, they didn't run it. Okay. So, point is, it's not as good as everyone wants to make its claim. I mean, like, whoop-de-doo. So, but yeah, it's it's a card. It's four mana. Like, if you can't, like, 
four mana buys you turn, gets you three cards, deal three damage. Yeah, so does Counterspell. It stops yeah, no, no, that too. Well, that, that's, I mean, that's everything that's the it whole, does. That's the whole thing, though, in the yeah. sense of like, you want to stop it, you have answers. Make the answers happen. So I feel like this is a good time to point out the uh, tech, the sideboard tech card that people were pulling in, Commandeer. Yes, the one that I talked about in our special episode. That's coming out this week. That's right. Uh, Commandeer, very heavily seen in Teamer Rhinos. And it was in the Merc, the Demir the, the Control. Demir Control, and I, th- I'd, I'd have to find the list for the Demir Merktai one. But like, it was if there was some blue, someone was trying to use it. Yes. And the whole idea is um, so commandeer. That, commandeer is four and two blue. It's an instant that says instead of paying its mana cost, you can exile two blue cards from your hand. Uh, then you get to have the ability of gaining control of target spell that was cast. Yes. Which means you get to cast that ring now, or you get to cast that Ulamog. Um, the cash triggers for like Ulamog, they're still going to happen for the opponent. Yes. But you're just stealing the spell to your side. Yes. So like their, like their trigger part is going to happen before it enters the battlefield still. Yep. But the whole idea is like using Commandeer as a weapon inside of Modern and like for cards that you have, because the other big thing that Team of Rhinos was doing too was they added a uh, Lori. Uh, Lorian, Lorian revealed. Lorian revealed, which is the uh, new basic. Yeah, Lorian revealed, which is the new uh, common uh, three-two blue source. It says draw three cards, or you have island cycling for one generic mana. And it's like a three-dollar common. Yeah, two fifty. I know it's it's gone in price, for but like, common. but like, so that's the that's the big thing. So it creates. I mean, you got extra blue cards to, to toss this thing. I mean, you are run force negation, so might as well run commandeer. Yeah. So. Great card. Once again, answers are there. You just have to find them. Mm-hmm. The 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 pool of cards to go from in modern is very deep and stuff. Oh so, yeah. And and yes, we're getting new cards. That's you know churning the format that people are always complaining about. But it's you know <clears throat> the churn is okay. You get to see new cards. Then but you also get blast from the past. Amulet Titan, fucking Etron, Gold or Green Tron and stuff. Final Green Tron came back. I mean Burn. Burn always Burn. was one that sticks Burn around. Burn was in top 16. That was on a featured match. You yeah. got to see the power of Roiling Vortex because he was playing against uh, Greg uh, Greg Orange, the Citrus Killer. Yeah, he was, he was playing his four-color control, which Omnath was, control deck. It, it wasn't Omnath. It was just It blue. ran Omnath. It, 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 it was I, that. Okay. And Ren and Six. Four-color control. We'll just call it that because yes. he likes control. I get that. Yes. But he was running Omnath. And it had Ren and Six, and that was it. Otherwise, it was blue-white three. But it was blue white. Otherwise, yeah, it was blue white with just Omnath and Ren and Six as the red green colors. It also had, uh, yeah, I know. It's just what. Point is, I mean, it's all the same. It's all the same at that point when it kind of started muddling that up. But yes, he likes control, and you got to see the power of Rolling Vortex against that. Yes, uh, I gotta now say out loud, Casey, what he said there. Sounds like modern deck lists have as much diversity as a corporate boardroom with the One Ring and Bowmasters. Casey, I'm going to be revoking that hug now to you, so suck it. (laughs) These are fighting words. Fighting words. Sorry. Get on on modern level, Casey. Pioneer. Move on. So a couple things maybe to, to, to end this on. Overall, Magicon Barcelona, PT Barcelona was fabulous. Jake Beardsley, your champ going to play in Worlds now coming in September. Yep. At Magicon in Las Vegas. Yep. And had a great birthday weekend. Great birthday weekend. Who would not love that for their birthday weekend? 
right trip to barcelona win a pt gets uh get 50k get 50 fucking k like nice and then now you're moving yourself into the next bracket because granted just one pro tour win doesn't mean you automatically are going to be successful going forward no, but no, of course not but because because yeah look at this 50k we had... after taxes still is some good chunk of money to help you get to the next trip right so uh but yeah no it was it was amazing um also, too, for everyone listening in our Discord, we have a lot of stuff we put up on for like Twitter things that were being shown of like everything at MagicCon, Barcelona. Oh, beautiful. All the beautiful stuff they did with Lord of the Rings, all the different cosplay stuff they did. Like you saw some more cosplay people there that we didn't see at Dude, that, uh, Minneapolis. That Tamio cosplay was fucking Tamio complete cosplay oh, was really good. That was good. And Ajani then, was uh, back. Ajani was back. A little bit upgrade I saw too. Um, there was also a gal that did Faithless uh, yeah, the, the looting of the... Uh, secret Lair. No, no, um, no, the Archive. The mystical Ar- Archive mystical cards. Archive one. Um, and then was they that also, a staff? Because it it, she did a very good job of making that just look like blood pouring out of there. I don't know how they did. It looked good, though. It was so fucking cool. She was holding it up here, though, yep. pouring it out. Um, Deathrite Shaman showed up. Deathrite Shaman. That was, that was a new a one. one. Yes. Um, otherwise... There's a new Chandra that showed up. A new Chandra showed up, not one that we saw There's before. There's an Elspeth Terrell. A new Elspeth Terrell that showed up, and then... Uh, dark play cosplay was not dark pack cosplay was yeah, not wasn't there. there. I think I think were they there just to be there? They weren't in. Were they judging? I think they were. They might judging. have been judging. Because um, what does he do? She do? I don't know. Dark place guy. Uh, they were the Ashiok. Oh yeah, no, no. I think they were judging. I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah. Uh, I did see also a tweet of Olivia being Liliana, and then the yeah, Teferi one, was there. The one guy well. that does Teferi all the time. So, uh, oh, um, oh, Anna Margaret was the Elspeth with the the angel wings had brought her big wings out and stuff as well. She was there. Yep. She was there walking around doing her thing. So, no, it was it was good. It was a really good thing. I feel like anyone that was there, like they had a good time. And then you get to enjoy like <clears throat> the beauty of Barcelona. Like, yeah, that's a fucking cool place to be too. Every time they got back from their break, they had like an opening shot of around the city. Barcelona looked good. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing, too, that was really, really funny, because, like, we talked about the whole, as we game this, like, the modern has been played there since, like, the last PT they really had, which was won by a mono-green Tron player. Oh, was it was, really? Yep. Which was... Because uh, this was Hogak Summer as well. It was, yep, during Hogak Summer. It, his name was... Uh, oh, my God, I'm going to butcher it. I'm not going to say it right now, because I'm going to I'm gonna go find it quick. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was it was something they mentioned in the in the commentary about is this going to be another win for mono green tron and there's a part of me that was sad that it wasn't and there's a part of me that was like this is beautiful that it that it was someone new so i'm I'm okay with that it's that's yeah. the whole point of having a joyous uh finals indeed so. well while you're looking up that name we'll just quickly cover over these upcoming events here this weekend is actually Gen Con in Indianapolis. Uh, it's only mentioning here. There's a bunch of events magic-wise going on, but there's also going to be panels there. And I could not find this yet, but I, if I remember correctly, I think it was stated that Wizards is going to be talking about like the layout of the next sets coming up after um, uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So we got yep. uh, Wilds of Eldraine coming up next. Then it's going to be the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, and then we're going to know about those... Uh, code name sets that we just know about which i cannot remember i think horse or whatever equestrian was one of them or whatever maybe i don't know them 
So we're going to find out more about that at Gen Con, uh, Magic Con Vegas, where Worlds is going to be held September 26th, that whole weekend there. Tickets are on sale, bunch of packages going on. The Black Lotus, I think, is sold out, but uh, weekend day passes still available. And then one that I want to mention real quick is NRG Detroit. And it's only, I'm only pulling this one or mentioning this one is because it's the next kind of largish in the area uh, modern event after Pro Tour Barcelona, August 12th through the 13th. It has a Saturday 10K modern showdown and a Sunday 5K pioneer trial. And I'm only pointing out because, you know, modern showdown, we're going to see what more Midwest high level players. Uh, are going to be bringing now seeing what the pros and the higher players at Pro Tour Barcelona did and like where the decks are going to get reiterated with that. Are we going to see more Tron, different evolutions of Rakdos? So we're going to see that Demir control deck like pop up, like yep. going to be able to do things. So pulling that, just wanted to point that one out as well. Energy Series, August 12th through the 13th in Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Did you find the name? Yes. It's Therolf, uh Severin. Throlfs. Oh, the he, he's a he's Swedish from, player. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to make sure I had his name, his last name right. I knew his first name very well. Um, he also has his own stuff he does on his own channel and things on YouTube. So like he's really enjoyable to watch. But yeah, he uh yeah, it was pretty fucking cool when he won that. So yeah, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. I see Casey's uh throwing more shade at me like usual. Yeah. Okay, so quickly in the <laughs> chat. Uh, you see, Anthony, the cool thing about Pioneer is that there isn't sets sold with cards that you need to play the format like Modern Masters or Lord of the Rings. Yet. When a Pioneer... <laughs> don't worry, Casey. When a Pioneer Masters comes out, you'll be eating your words like crow because they want to do that anyways. I mean, he got you there. Like, how... Speak to your heart, hey. Casey. When are they not going to try mm. to do a Pioneer Masters? So what? Point? Is he trying to say Legacy and Vintage isn't good then too? Because they made eternal sets for those as well. Commander also has their own masters too, even before this one. So like, are we just gonna bash on a common thing? I think it just comes down to like people, people just like modern more. Casey, it's okay. If you want, you want riveting type of games, you play modern. If you want to have what standard should be like, you play pioneer. And if you want to play standard, well, you go play pioneer still or modern. I mean, standard's okay. I've been watching some standard. I know. I'm not saying standard's terrible. I'm just saying standard is definitely not as riveting as. Pioneer and definitely not even close to modern. So, suck it, Casey. You want to move over? Oh, Pioneer is the purest, best format that makes me happy. Casey, yes. yes <laughs> we know, does. Casey. Okay, I get it. You can Anthony's, love... Anthony's just being oh a dick gosh. and poo-pooing on you right now. He is shitting I'm on only you. being that way because he's he's throwing shade at me about modern. I think you threw the shade first. Hold on. I don't know. Check, you look check the your seats. Check, are, are, check are, are, we, are we starting with the, the Pioneers greater than modern? That's, that's shade. It's not shade. That is shade. You can't tell me that's not shade. After you come at him with saying, what, did, what the fuck did you say? Just you scroll sense. up. You can go look at it if no, you want. No, what you said. Oof. Uh, what, what you said after the Pioneer. We got to re- yeah, rewind well, the tape. I understand. I understand I said something after, but he started it is the point I'm making. A you, small pebble you sound makes like a, giant ripples. You sound like a child. In the ocean, okay? That's how it works sometimes. So we're moving on. God, you're making me read stuff again? You're terrible. You put everything as purple. Why do I got to read everything Everything now? is not purple. The majority of it is purple. The next part isn't. You read this one. All right. I'm going to read. Going to the news. We're talking about the secret layer teaser that's coming. So we got a lot of news to talk about on the podcast tonight. So we are going to start off with a few new quickies. 
news quickies that we believe are worth mentioning this week. Starting off with some secret layer news. Over on the MTG Secret Layer Twitter, or um, X, I mean, I think social media naming conventions aside robots, uh, they posted a short video of an angel with a staff bearing the Church of Avison symbol on the end in an in, <clears throat> sorry, intimidating pose. What makes it more intimidating is that the angel's wings and hands have what seem to be Eldrazi features. Is this Brizella voice of nightmares getting hinted at, getting a secret layer version? You best believe we will tell you about it on this podcast when we know more. Because, yeah, that's just how that goes. Sometimes. Yeah, it was just tweeted like six hours ago. I know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not saying I know and being like kind of saying. I mean, I know in the sense of like, yeah, we don't know much. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but on the topic of secret layers, a reminder that there are 27 days left uh, up to August 26th for you to get it. Or get in on the super summer drop with art done in the Lord of the Rings animated series style, art from Wizard of Barge, Mark Riddick, and more. Also, a thing to mention that has been a thing about the uh, animated show Lord of the Rings um, to consider. I personally don't care. I'm not going to get it for this. But the secret card that comes with it, though, is a Nazgul. Oh, a different art Nazgul. Yep, which is going to be the actual art yep. of the leader, the Witch King Nazgul, before you know he adorns himself as Witch King of Angmar and everything. Um, so, like the leader of the Nazgul, it's his animated version from that uh, movie series that was made way back in the day and everything. So, I mean, the value overall, the four cards that they chose, don't even equate to barely two dollars. So it's not valuable in that sense. But that Nazgul could be. I don't know. I don't think either way what people should do. I would say if you want to sit on it, this is one of those things like Walking Dead that's worth the sit-on aspect. But it is definitely not the I'm going to buy this and use those cards because fuck that. The current Nazguls that I remember, all of them are like jumping up in price severely because there's nine different arts. Nine, the- well, there's nine different arts because you can play nine total copies in any deck. Um, so they all average, uh, for non foils, we're not even gonna get to the foils, foils get crazy as hell. Um, for the non foils, they range from like averaging, I've seen, uh, still ten dollars up to like 15, depending on which one it is. And the Nazguls are uncommon, right? They're uncommon, yeah, and they're very they're like a super they're like a super rare uncommon actually in all the draft, the set booster and the collector stuff because I remember a lot of stuff that I opened up, like I originally only opened up like I bought a lot of stuff so my original thing was I got like nine of them but like I was missing like because there's nine I was missing four art variants and I had double ups on some and I had, I'm like I have nine but I'm like I was like of all the stuff that I opened up holy Christ I only got nine of them so yeah it's they're very hard to get. And Commander with the Wraith decks that they have, uh, huge too. So like, if you want the Nazgul, go for it. But like I said, for this one though, probably just sit on it if you're going to buy it. Talking about packs of Lord of the Rings, we did not even like discuss Lord of the Rings draft that happened at Pro Tour Barcelona because that was intense as well. Uh, I, I want to highlight here because it is definitely worth noting. Simon Nielsen had a run of 12-0 day one. He had the the full eight, the full eight zero win. 
Yep. And then he got to his 12th win in modern the next day. He still won his first three drafts. He runs, yeah, he 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 ran the gambit of both uh, draft, three rounds of draft, five rounds of Swiss modern, and then another um, three rounds of draft and modern. Like, he... <laughs> He did phenomenal. Like, there's a reason why he was in top. And Simon Nielsen's a great player. Yes, he's one. He he's not one he's to great. trifle with. Like he yep. and he was another one. He's brilliant. Tron. And, and yeah. the, so day one, it was uh, talked about how red black was the deck to draft day one yeah. and stuff. And uh, there's one. Uh, there's like a couple green black decks, but they did not perform well. Simon Nielsen day two drafted a green black deck and then just clapped because cheeks. everybody stopped playing it. <laughs> so I just want to. Maybe we could go in depth a little more, but the, I, I enjoyed watching the Lord of the Rings draft gameplay because that was intense and riveting. Hey, and we can maybe do it in a thoughtcast. Maybe you never know. But um, yeah. yeah, so so yeah, uh, Matt, you have the next part here. I do. Give us a little update. So as we all remember, Beatles and Grimm, who does premium products for D and D, has also been incorporating stuff with Magic the Gathering. They've yep. done the Kamigawa. They did the they did the Kamigawa stuff. They did AFR. With the dragons. Here be dragons. Yep, here be dragons. And now the third one is Behold, New Phyrexia. And you got this one, right? I did get this. Okay, so listen listen (laughs) up. You think I didn't? Dude, I also went and got the dragons one on the secondary market. I got the dragons one. Because I was like, I want that. I got that right away. I didn't didn't spend too much on it, which is not that bad, but I got it. I got it. We got shipping and production updates on this. This is uh, a Phyrexian book. You got a... Phyrexian text, mental misplay, Men- mental misstep, not misplay. Men- mental misstep. misstep. M- mental misstep. Uh, Elish Norn sleeves a deck box and a very uh, Phyrexian sinew deck box and de- uh, dice. Looks really fucking sick. So the update, verbatim from an email from them. First, we want to acknowledge that it's been a long time since our last update email to you. This has been a difficult process, and we appreciate your patience and understanding as we navigate the dangers and pitfalls of international logistics. Your Behold! New Phyrexia limited editions are currently in transit to our final fulfillment center in the USA, where we'll pack all the elements together and ship them out to you. We expect the final packing step to take place in the last week of August, so your package will ship to you at the end of August. Shipping in the U.S. should be 3 to 5 days from that point, 10 to 14 days to international designations, which means these should be arriving at your doorstep at the beginning of September. We are thrilled to finally be getting these sets to you and can't wait to... Can't wait to get countered on turn one by your Phyrexian mental misstep. Here's some more photos of the final products. Uh, Interesting stats here. There are only 4,850 printed copies of mental misstep. So that means 4,850 people or products 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 were, were created and sold. Yeah. So that's good to know. If you're in the roster of getting one of these or multiple of these, even on the secondary market and stuff like that, this is going to be a valuable one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for myself, I'm really excited because this is going to go into my uh, Phyrexia All Will Be One Commander deck thing. I don't know what to call it yet. It's just, well, no, I do have a name for it. It's Welcome to New Phyrexia. There we go. That's what the name of the deck was. But yeah, that's this is this is another piece to go in there, which is awesome. Or if you're a fanatic like Matt and like to play Blue Mill, yes, you'll put a mental misstep in there because fuck people. Uh, they also have pictures. It, I think we were talking about it the other day. It, yeah. It's a. It's not a hardcover uh, journal. Is what it looks so. like. How it's like it's, turned there. It's just a stuff. paper. But 
It's a, a paper copy. It's a journal uh, of the realm of Phyrexia and stuff on the plane and... 48-page perfect bound booklet, including both an in-world investigator's journal and a Phyrexian translation guide. Yep. So that's that'll be exciting. I'm that's what I'm really stoked about, to be honest. There are four Phyrexian D10 dice, which can be used for life counters on top of the deck box and everything. 130 Elish Norn sleeves, because you got to have them extras just in case. And the Phyrexian deck box, which is a mag top connector. So. That thing actually does stay together pretty solid. I think they had a video on it in one of the emails they sent out to people. Yeah. So it's it's a solid buy. It was totally worth it. And the surprising thing was it didn't sell out actually that fast. Like, I watched it for like two and a half weeks. Like, it just sat there. And I'm like, hmm, maybe people just don't want to buy it. But like, I mean, if you got in on it, like, down the road, it's going to be worth something. Easily, easily. But it's one I'll be cracking. I'm not going to hold this in a fucking closet. Nope. Nope, definitely not. So... All right. Next up in the news. Doctor Who. MagicCon Barcelona wasn't just an event for the largest modern tournament of 2023. Though, it was a huge part. It was also an event where Watsi revealed so much information about upcoming sets and products. I'm going to start off with the fish finger and custard-licking crossover of Doctor Who Commander decks. More cards got... More cards got and news revealed on the preview panel. God, that was a bad transition. I'm so sorry. No, that was a bad sentence on my part there. Well, I should have been able to pivot. Anyways, revealed in the preview panel event with Gavin Verhey, Mark, Ro- Mark Rosewater, and Ovidio Cargena? Cargena? Don't know that person. Uh, though we are not going to go over every card that was shown during the panel, maybe expect another bonus episode set review thing from us in the future of that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, Here are two that Matt finds the most interesting since he is the one writing this. Well, duh. The Foretold Soldier 2GG for a 6-6 alien zombie soldier creature that reads, The Foretold Soldier must be blocked if able. The Foretold Soldier can't be blocked by more than one creature. And whenever said name deals damage, exile it face down. It becomes Foretold. It also has Foretell of one green. Uh, the Foretold Soldier can be found in the Teamer Paradox Power deck helmed by the 13th Doctor. The next card is in the Jeskai Timey Wimey deck with the lovely David Tennant as the 10th Doctor as the commander. That card is the Face of Bow. For one blue, red, and white, you get a legendary creature alien visor that is a 0-4. It reads, tap. You may cast a spell with suspend from your hand. If you do, pay its suspend cost rather than its mana cost. Activate only as a sorcery. Now, if those two cards don't tantalize your cardboard addiction, I don't know what will. Maybe telling you about the important dates that matter for this Doctor Who release. There will be a TARDIS photo event along with receiving a promo TARDIS card at MagicCon Las Vegas September 22nd through the 24th. The debut of the decks is October 3rd with previews going on from the 3rd through the 6th. The Command Zone will have an extra turns gameplay episode dropping the 13th of October with the global launch following on October 13th. That weekend of the 13th through the 15th, make sure to check out a launch party event happening at your local or at your LGS near you. And pre-orders are live on Amazon and should be at your local or your local game stores as well. The current pre-order prices on Amazon. You so, got those? Yeah, I got them pulled up here. Um, currently, so for the deck. Uh, the 
Uh, Masters of Evil, which is the Grixis one, $70.88. They are all currently $70.88 because we don't have full deck reveals. So if you want to get a pre-order in, like, now is probably the time to lock that shit in. Yes, that was a big thing I was going to say. Like, I I think when I go to pick up my commander stuff this Friday from Josh, I'm going to be talking to him right away. And I'll probably be calling Paradox tomorrow, too, just to find out if they have anything kind of set up for this stuff yet. Because this is one that uh, Magic Mike's kind of hit really hard on about how this is a very limited print run and a very limited uh, kind of thing and might have similar um, like backlash on like copies getting out in a sense. I think um, people were uh, so, comparing this to like what Warhammer. Yeah. Yeah. Printings. This is, this is definitely going to be along the lines of Warhammer. So if you want to get in on this, like, I mean, I don't know what's in the deck right now, but honestly in a comparison of what, commander masters pre-con sell for like this isn't that big of a deal especially like i think even the warhammer ones were like 50 to 60 dollars anyways too so like except for the mono black one that one just like automatically was straight up 90 bucks i know like after after it kind of was revealed it was but i mean like prior though everything was kind of in the the 50 to 60 range when the warhammer stuff came out so like this is one that like for me personally i'll probably just get a pre-order put in right away and just be like i'm done so you can get one deck, each deck for $70.88, or you can get all four for $240.99. It's not a bad deal. And this is on Amazon. Uh, well, we talked about it on our bonus episode, so listen to our bonus episode that comes out later this week. Yes. Uh, check your LGS. Check support, with your LGS. Support them. Everybody's not cool with, you know, like Bezos, Amazon shit, like and getting cuts and all that stuff. Stupid like, shit that happens and it, stuff. It, it, it hurts a little bit. Support your LGS. That is the that is a takeaway here. Also, other things that uh, are the collector boosters, you can get a box of 12 packs for $300.67 or a single pack of 15 cards for $25.38, all on pre-order currently. Have they kind of made a mention on what some of the cards might be in the collector boosters? Are they just going to be reprints of, or are they just going to be, not reprints, similar printings of stuff from the decks but have a special version of them essentially yeah you get the tardis frame is some oh. of the cards that you can get in there which is very i uh, mean I, graphic novel-esque yeah it's cool the border it's, looks like the it's TARDIS. cool i just don't know if i think it's valuable enough to get a collector booster for that i think i'd rather just get the decks and just get the planer stuff yeah i don't know i'll have to think about this one you have time i, I will get the decks for sure I'm always big on getting commander decks all the time, even if I don't ever use them, because they're valuable in some way. Why you continue to think about that? How about I tell you about some Throne of Eldraine stuff, or Wilds of Eldraine? <laughs> We're going back to Throne? We're going back to Throne, oh baby. Oh my god, Oko! Thrones of Eldraine 2. Just kidding, no. it's Wilds of Eldraine. So yeah, what? Wilds of Eldraine, that was another thing that was talked about during the preview panel with Gavin, Mark, and Ovidio, and... Uh, more cards got shown there wow. uh, and kind of the gist of the thing. So the story of the Throne of Eldraine is when the Phyrexian invasion happened, there was a big sleeping spell that was put on to put the Phyrexians to sleep, but it made everybody fall asleep. Will yep. and Rowan are in there and they lost their spark and they came back because, uh, spoiler alert, Kenrith and not Lyra. Oh, oh, what's her name? The white, white, white. I know. Lydia. Lydia. The the parents the parents they passed away, the well they, they got it's it's their father and their stepmother, however the story is I don't remember that one that well I'll tell you I'll be so, honest but I I think anyway the parents got murdered in the fight everybody is asleep 
trying to figure out how to wake everybody up in a manner. And Ashiok is around because everybody's sleeping. Let's, Ashiok let's loves get some those dreams. Good old nightmares those going. Good old nightmares. They uh they really enjoy the festering of the sleep. Yes. Um so there's some art of the cards showing. We got a beautiful looking Elena Danner landscape here. A Cassisa Zelinska ice castle looking art. Uh, some knights getting pulled towards a the one knight queen here with art of Nestor Leal. We'll talk about that card here in a bit. And some of the cards that were mentioned getting printed are Sleight of Hand. Yes, standard. This is. I'm not gonna lie. This is probably the most exciting card. I think is seeing this card being rotated into standard, and also getting to see more copies of this come back to modern and pioneer. Yes, Casey, pioneer, pioneer gets sleight of hand now. Yep, yep. So enjoy it, blue cantrip. It's Everybody really knows. good. I mean, it ain't no, it ain't no preordained ponder, but it's about as close as you get besides serum visions. You know, so it's I mean, really this good. is this is a good card. I'm a fan of sleight of hand. I oh, like I it. like sleight of hand. Single blue cantrips, man. I mean, what's not, like, consider? I mean, you got to have the good stuff. Uh, Another card that they showed was a new card. We're going to get a cycle of enemy-colored creature lands. And the first one they showed is Restless Fortress. It's a land, enters the battlefield tap. You tap it to add white or black. Then you pay two white, black. It becomes a 1-4 white, black nightmare creature till end of turn. It's still a land, and it reads whenever Restless Fortress attacks. Defending player loses two life, and you gain two life. We're going to be seeing more. And the enemy ones are Simic, is it? Boros. Boros and Orzov. You're missing one. I'm missing one. Simic, is it? Boros, Orzov. Is Gruel in that one? That's allied. Damn it. What's the other green one? Green black? Nope, that's allied. Green white? Slesnia? No, that's allied. No, it is Selesnia. Is it Selesnia? No, Selesnia is allied. Oh, my fucking God. Whatever the other one is. <laughs> Do you know it? <sighs> Let me just think. It's not Demir. Demir's allied. No, Demir, Demir, Selesnia, Gruul. Uh, oh, it's Golgari. Sorry. Because Go- you said Sles. So yeah, Golgari. Golgari is the other enemy one? Yes. Fuck off. I had it right. My bad. You I'm sorry. I said there's, Gruul and Golgari. There's 10 two-colored pairs, and sometimes <laughs> one gets trickled into the other ones. It's weird. So the we've got a new... Sorry, I had to think of like Hissing Quagmire when they did the uh, allied wow. allied Tango lands. From with the, Battle for Zendikar or whatever. With the uh, enemy-colored uh, creature lands. So yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Another card shown was a Demir... Uh, card Talion, the kindly lord, three four fairy noble legendary creature flying. When it enters the battlefield, choose a number between one and ten. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value, power, or toughness equal to the chosen number, that player loses two life and you draw a card. A card. And then, uh, as we mentioned, Ashiok is going to be in the story, so they showed off the Ashiok Planeswalker card, which is very interesting. Black. Matt, after you're done reading this card. I would like you to give me a sentence at most of how you feel about this. A sentence at most. Since Ashiok is one of your top three favorite Planeswalkers. He's one of my top three favorites. So, read the card, please. Black Black 3, 5 loyalty, legendary Planeswalker, Ashiok. Static ability. If you would pay life while your library still has at least that many cards in it, exile that many cards from the top of your library instead. 
plus one. Look at the top two cards of your library, exile one of them, and put the other in your hand. Sounds like sleight of hand. Yeah, sounds pretty good to me. Neg two, create two one one black nightmare creature tokens with at the beginning of combat on your turn, if a card was put into exile this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on this creature. Neg seven. Target player exiles the top X cards of their library where X is the total mana value of cards you own in exile. It's kind of a, it, it makes me think of like Tasha's hideous laughter kind of a thing there. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, a lot, a lot to build up. So one sentence, how I feel about this card, it has potential. All right, that works for me. And then we have uh, some story beats here. There is a new character that we're going to be following throughout uh, the, few, the, ne- the next upcoming years is going to be Kellen. New character, one who will be taking up Talon's quest to end the wicked slumber. Kellen, Lord of the High Fae, has been tasked to bring him peace and salvation to his people. But it was also mentioned that he's going to be going in other worlds. Like, he's going to be a main character. Well, using the omen paths and everything. Yes. Yeah. Not, so, a, not a planeswalker. Yeah, not a planeswalker. But a legendary creature, or legendary character, that is going to be going through the omen paths, since we still have all those. Yep, through the invasion tree. Uh, like we were talking a little bit in the pre-show stuff that the new focus is kind of to limit the number of planeswalkers right now for a while because they want to uh, kind of push more things with legendaries. Which leads us into that next bit of news. Mark Rosewater confirmed saying that there's only going to be one planeswalker printed per premiere set for the foreseeable future. Or for uh, an amount of time. I can't remember, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this part, but for Basically, a while. For a while. For a while. We're going to see one Planeswalker per premiere set. set. For sure. Which, I mean, that's fine. We don't have to be, oh, well, we have a lot of Planeswalkers right now anyway, so. And I'm trust me when I say this, it makes me sad, because my boy Tezzeret, you know, he might not have a showing all the time. Maybe but, he'll be, like, the coolest Tezzeret coming out next. Because it, it's the one planet well, per set. Maybe it's like yeah. the best. Like probably in two more years. They're going to push his story off to the side for a while. So we got Will and Rowan also shown here. It is of note that they did canonically lose their spark. So yep. they're going to be legendary creatures in this yep. set. Oh, can I please talk about this next dude? This is all on you. Oh, so we got a cool new mono green artifact creature. That's a food golem known as Tough Cookie for one and a green. It has 2-2 for its stats. It has when Tough Cookie enters the battlefield, create a food token. Uh, You can pay two and a green. Target non-creature artifact you control becomes a 4-4 artifact creature until that turn. And you can pay two, tap, and sacrifice Tough Cookie. And you gain three life because he's a food. God, he's a Tough Cookie. I love this card. Are we going to see green, blue, and soul artifact decks now? In Pioneer? Yeah, Teamer. Teamer and soul artifacts. In Pioneer? In Pioneer. I'll be playing that in Pioneer. I'd play that in Pioneer. Casey, this gets me to play Pioneer right now because this this teamer build sounds really fun. I can I'm use soul the, artifact. the I can also use the staff of Blackwater. Yes, the staff of Blackwater is very good. Uh so I mean that's one thing pulling me to Pioneers. Interesting stuff. There we go. Teamer or teamer assault I in soul. Let's make it happen. I could do it. I could live that dream. But yeah, tough cookie. So fucking good. I love that. All right, so uh, the story is going to be, we're going to be hearing stories of the Wilds of Eldraine starting August 8th on the Mothership. And <laughs> next week. Yes. So Woo! 
The gist of it is that there are five fairy queens and stuff that are going on, and the arc, the draft archetypes are going to be based on those queens. Yeah, uh, how they said. So there's, uh, so it's going to be enemy. Is it all enemy, or is it going to be like a mixture of ally and enemies? Because has to be. Isn't no? Isn't this our? Isn't all, this? Yeah, it's all ten. It's all ten. Yeah, it's all ten draft for the draft archetype, but we're only getting the five enemy dual creature lands. That's well, I get that part, but I mean like. Yeah, they're they're going to be based on fairy tales. All of them are. There's like Hansel and Gretel, Jack and the Beanstalk. How many queens do we have though? I thought there was five. I don't know. I haven't read much about this one yet. Yeah, I thought it was said that there was five. But that's the the stick of it. We have a a fruitcake butthole looking thing <laughs> with gummy worms. Yeah, that thing's creepy, crazy cool. We have new lands that were shown off there. Very comic book esque, cartoon storybook esque. I'd say very much storybook esque of your tales of grim uh, fairy tale, grim fairy tales type stuff. I like them. I think they're pretty cool. We're get, we're seeing a return of the adventure mechanic. So Casey, how you were talking about the other week of your specs there of Lucky Clover and Edgewall Innkeeper. Yep. Keep keep those up, but magic players. Even more important though, we're getting dual colored adventure, adventure yeah. and creature combos. So that is actually really exciting to see. So that way you can have uh, color identity in like spell spell point of play versus card play usage, you know, all that stuff. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So this one is Cruel Samophage, which is pretty much a right of precinct six along with um Like mine's a new or whatever, not mine's a new. There's like blue one. Are you talking Mil- about the Merfolk one? No, mill four, mill five cards. It's it's a, a card from a core set, sorcery speed. Okay, that just mills four to five cards, I think. So it, it it does all that in like one package of a creature, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it it feeds into itself. Yes. So That's there's kind of awesome. So there's that, and the new art coming with the borderless is going to be in that same like storybook esque uh, art style. Yep. We're just going to touch on this. We'll probably leave it for another time because yes. we are running long on time. At the moment. Yeah, I know. PT. Barcelona we, got is good. Yes, it did. Uh, there is a white Crater Hoof Behemoth in Moonshaker Cavalier. Instead of giving things haste, it gives them flying. Same yep. text pretty much otherwise is the hoof. Uh, they're also doing more of the store championships. This will be that one. Yep. So more text, textless. More textless cards. I'm glad they're bringing these back. These are always... It's, they're, it's a favorite. It's a it's a weird thing in magic that we really loved and it makes you feel like you're smart when you remember a card without having yeah. to reread it. Oh yeah, cryptic command. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a hoot. So, and then the really exciting part, yeah, is uh, the special thing they're adding for the collector packs is very similar idea of like the mystical archive stuff they did for Strixhaven. We are gonna get so we had the enchanted. We had oh well, first off. So we had Brothers War had retro artifacts. Strixhaven had mystical archive spells. And now for the Wilds of Eldraine, we're getting the Enchanting Tales cards. So all these are enchantments. Every one of them is enchantments. And that's cool. So we'll just read the cards. They're, they're done in that uh, art style of fairy book-esque, like it's coming out of a fairy book that you're going to read your kids. Yeah. The big one, Smothering Tithe. You think that was the big one? Commander players are going to want this. Uh, like, look look at anything else here. I know which ones are probably the ones that are important. But there's Ristic Study down there. Yeah, but we've gotten so many there's prints of Doubling Ristic Season. There's Doubling Greater Season. Greater Oromancy they showed off. Greater Oromancy is important. Listen, because I think this is the second printing yes. 
of it. It had did it have a list printing? I will double check. Or was there an, a I'll secret? Double check. Okay, he'll double check. So yeah, other cards: Greater Oromancy, Curiosity, Ristic Study, Necropotence. The art on that looks very fun. I don't like that one. Aggravated Assault, Doubling Season, Prismatic Omen. There is one thing to note as well. There is going to be regional variants of this, but only for Japanese. Yep. There's going to be Japanese versions of the enchanting enchanting tales. tales. And it's in another article, but it's the same cards. They're done in uh, Japanese with different art, and it looks just as cool. I promise you that. Links for them are down below, so make sure to check them out. Anthony, what's the verdict on the Greater Oromancy? Oh, I can spell it right. It'll be a problem. I got it. I got it. I got it. Hold on. Hold on. G R E. I know how to spell. E R. Greater. All right. So all the printings that it ever has had. Originally out of Shadowmore. C. Judge's promo. Okay. Does that count? That does count. Okay. We'll say it counts. And this. Wow. Yeah. Here, There's thought, a reason why this card is I like. I it had a list printing at least. No. Is yeah. literally jumping between. It's always been jumping between a 40 to $70 range all the time. Well, first off, it's because it was the Shadowmore era and stuff. And that was during and, uh, the 2008 recession. And Magic cards. a lot of people that weren't me weren't buying into a lot of those yeah. things. And sadly, I didn't get one of these ever, but I never really paid too heavily into enchantment stuff. So, but God, uh, just, these cards God, look I really that good. Plane. I want to go back so bad. Imagine we're going to get there at some point. No, they said they won't go back to it. No. Yep. You're not wrong. Foils are $71. Yeah. <sighs> I think we're going to have to save this one for next week. Yep, passing on. Do, do we want to do the quick game? A, a quick game, blaze through it for the conjured currency. Yeah, because I have it all set up on my phone right now. You do excellent. Okay, so we're moving to the conjured currency section where we cover the finances of noble cards by playing our little game where Anthony at, reads me a card and asks what format is causing this card to move up or down or move up in price. Yep, and then and I remember, I am a pass fail person. Garrett, he likes to do a point system. It's weird. I'm not going to hum and ha about this one as much as I typically do because we are running long. Ooh. Yeah. We Sorry do about that. We do, have, uh, we do have Danny asking, isn't Tezzeret held together by his spark slash magic? And then uh, he commented on Greater Oromancy um, Foils being $71. I mean, yes and no. I, Danny, that's a really complicated thing to talk about right now, so I'm not going to talk about it. We'll talk about <laughs> it when you show up, actually. All right. So, number one. Lorian revealed. 1,060% jump. $3.25. I just meant. Hold on. Market price as of today, $2.17. Average price is $2.50. Average low is $1.25. Foils are $6. European average, 60 noise cents. And once again, to remind everybody, market price is people selling. Buying. Damn, I did it again. I had it right the last time, though. You did. Market price is buying. Average is what, sell. What people are selling at. Yes. Stores. Ah. Okay. And then, like I said, it's just regular and foil. It's all it comes in. Um, so, Matt, we're not going to go into super details, but why do you think this is jumping up in price? Modern. Well, you'd for, be correct. For a couple decks. <laughs> yes. It seems modern is the number one reason behind it, but also there are several other formats that are making this jump up as well. So I'm you not got the legacy one you, as well because you pass the force. You pass, yeah. It's, it's like that's big the big thing. Plays in that. So like the top liner is the fact that for modern, this had a huge highlight weekend. It had a huge thing that people uh, have been seeing for weeks coming because of living index were using it. 
along with like this new Demir the, Control decks, the Oliphant stuff, and every the Oliphant, the Tree Folk guy. What I mean, like the, this whole cycle. If people don't realize, this whole cycle is all common. It is one generic mana cycling for anything of that land type. Yeah, it's not, not a basic. basic. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, basic. there's no restriction. So this is something that helps you curve your deck down. This also helps you with late game things. So like in reanimator decks, because the other four are creatures for the red, white, black, and green. And this is blue, gets the good old sorcery. So, which is kind of sad because I kind of wish I would have saw like something else have something, you know, instead of just a creature. But whatever. Point is, it's making waves in a lot of places. And like Matt just said, Legacy Vintage, you can pitch it to Force of Will, Force of Negation, just like in Modern. Uh, Commandeer is the new thing mentioned. we talked about. The greatest part about it, too, is like... Subtlety, Force of Negation. Um, you also have the ability of like early game. It fixes your mana super easy. Yeah, you get a triumph with this. Or even as a duel, whatever. Or a basic, whatever you need at the time. As well as late game, five mana, draw three cards. Sometimes you got to reload your hand to get some gas. Or just holding that as your pitch card to your force negation, force negation. So, stuff. like that way, you don't have to worry about losing your shardless agent. But. Yep. So, like they mentioned this too. It also found a place in Popper for the blue white familiars, Demir Control, Chess Guy Ephemerate, uh, Cog Gates deck. Uh, yeah, it's just it's getting there. Like it's so good. So if you have any copies of these, this inconspicuous common you, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, or all, all five of them in general. Just get a place of each of them. They're not that expensive right now. I will say as well with those other ones, just hi- quickly, uh, the Great Ent and the Ophelant, the Generous Ent and the Ophelant, they they showcased very well with Living End this weekend. Yes. Uh, Gabriel Nassif piloted the Living End deck very, very nicely yes. showing that up. So, uh, Next card. Yeah, point is, uh, quickly too to say, um, well, we already read this off, so everyone knows what this one does. That doesn't matter. We're going to go to the next one. Uh, we have Showdown of the Scalds. Oh, 100% okay. increase, $5. This yeah. is a two red-white saga from Keldheim. Uh, first chapter when it enters the battlefield, exile the top four cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Chapter two and three. Whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. So so the thing is, is like I know of two things. First off, it's a saga, so I could say commander, but I think it's going to be... On. Let me read my market oh, price and stuff. Okay, okay. Market price, $3.97 of today. Average price, $4.54. A low of $2.41. You have foils at $4.47. European average is €1.61. And this is one, too, that had pre-release cards, promo versions, but they're really not affected too much. They're about the same range. Uh, so, Matt, why is this moving up? So, I know... Uh, Tom Bombadil and Commander, but I want to say that there's this Pioneer deck that matters with Exile. No. Yeah, Pi- Pioneer, because of uh, the Pia that came out in Mom, right? There's that deck that's making rounds in, in Pioneer, or Standard. So Pioneer. Pioneer. You would be correct. It is Burn Pioneer, also a Boros setting for it. Um, yes, it's it's because of the new Pia Fucking that came right, out of the Aftermath baby. set. Um, just as a quick Go reference to uh, Pia Nalar, Council of Revival. She is a red-white legendary creature, human artificer 2-3 that has Thopters you control have haste. Whenever you play a land card or play a land from exile or cast a spell from exile, you get to create a 1-1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. So it just it's, it really just builds into the whole thing of what you're doing with the deck. So yeah, Pioneer, great deck. Try it out. Do some cool shit. Whatever, you know. Um... Going on to the next one, 
we have Flumpf from AFR, especially knowing noting this, the extended art foil, which had a 1,394% increase as of today, $11.95 in the article. And we have market price, $2.94, non-foil. Average is $7.69, low of $6, foils $11.23, European average $0.93. Cents. The extended art only, and the foil specifically for this. Matt. Modern. There's an Orcish Bowmaster deck with like blacksmith skills or whatever that goes infinite if you have more cards in your deck than your opponent. Yep, it is that deck. You're correct. But you're Boom. correct. The combo is about targeting Flump with Orcish Bowmasters. When you do, you and both the target opponent will draw a card. This will in turn trigger Orcish Bowmaster again. Rinse, repeat. The only problem is that the Flump has only four toughness. Yeah, so that's why four you blacksmith skills. Uh, selfless Saver, selfless saver. Ephemeral Shields, or Blacksmith skills. So it's a it's a nice little combo for I'm going to kill you. Saffron Olive had a, a posted a video of it and stuff. He was able to get like turn three kills with that shit. Also, two Imperial Recruiters, an option to find the pieces. Yes. For both sides of it, so that's what it is. And then there's one more, a fourth one. Uh-oh. There's a fourth one, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'm going to have you try to just guess. From all the conjure currencies we've been doing, what do you think the number four spot is going to talk about? A saga. No, no, no. No, no. What? What has been in conjure currencies like nonstop? Orcish Bowmaster. What is coming out Friday? Oh, Commander Masters. <laughs> yes, we are talking about the Commander Masters pre-con update. So, uh, Jesus Christ, Matt. <laughs> give me a fucking bone. You gave me nothing. Nothing. I said it's been going on in the past Conjure Currencies. We talk about it every single time. It's could've always done, Commander stuff. You could have done better. You suck. <laughs> suck it, Trebek. <laughs> All right. So, they just wanted to do a quick mentioning of Commander Master pre-cons, cards that we're going, that were going up. Uh, that cards that fit the theme, so Slivers and Eldrazi that weren't included in the pre-cons. That means these cards are most likely strong upgrades to particular decks. Uh, the cards are notably from the Sliver Swarm, Eldrazi Unbound, Enduring Enchantment decks. Uh, the major ones they highlight are Void Winnower, which right now is a market price on uh, TCG Player $20.76, Card Kingdom $15.99. It's one that's rising in price. It's a good upgrade. Conduit of Ruin, Four dollars three cents on TCG, two ninety nine for Card Kingdom. Um, if you want to know what these cards do, please just check them out on the MTG stock stuff. We don't have time to go through all these. Yeah, uh, we have Ember called the Promise N. She is sitting at on TCG uh, roughly ninety two dollars. Card Kingdom seventy four ninety nine. This is actually a price that's changed a little bit, so don't fret too much about that. Foils are very expensive though. Um, we also have Weaver of Harmony out of Neon Dynasty. Uh, that is $2.88 from TCG Card Kingdom 149. You have Sliver Overlord from Scourge, because the only other reprinting of this card ever was in the old Slivers uh, pre-con they made. Uh, but this is the Scourge one, $64.99 on TCG, $49.99 on Card Kingdom. And then we also have Sliver Legion from the uh, OG... Uh, Future site set out of the Time Spiral block, uh, fifty six ninety nine on TCG and Card Kingdom twenty nine ninety nine. This did have a reprint in the remastered Time Spiral remastered. So uh, these are just uh, cards, like we said, for the precons that are good upgrades were not included, and will be ones that most likely going forward for a while are going to probably get a little expensive. Indeed. 
So cheap pickups quickly going through this. Elspeth Sun's Champion from the uh, Mom Commander deck. $4.66 moving up, as noted in the penny stocks. We have Stranglehold, which is the one from CMA. I don't remember which commander one that was. Anthology. Okay, Anthology. Uh, this one's moving down $7.02 as right now. And then you have uh, Karn Scion of Urza out of Dominaria, which is $6.95 slowly moving down. It's a good pickup. So that's what it is. That's what we got. Okay. All right. So go. So finishing it off, check out TCG Sniper. Yep. We're making it very quick here. TCG Sniper, they have their good price tracking website. You go make an account. You get... 15 items that you can yep. track if, if you have you, the premium you get unlimited and if you mention the guys over this weekend mtg sent you you get three months free of that go do that it's worth it check it out now thank you to all you amazing magic folk for making it to the end of episode 197 of this week in mtg thanks to all of our patreons who support this content that you just listened to thank you to jdub sports cards and gaming for sponsoring this podcast as well if you're looking for anything magic related hit them up now Anthony, got anything else you want to add to the end of this podcast? Um, we're at 197. You know what that means? We're three Burritos? episodes. I wish we had some. Don't remind me of what was being done. I'm so sad now. No, we are three episodes away from episode 200. We got to talk about that. We're gonna have to talk about that with the other two. Yes, but I think we should do something really cool for that. I don't know what, but we're figuring it out. And with that magic folk, we will catch you next time. Goodbye. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Casey, if I looked at the stats, uh, how many how many tournaments for modern in the last year have been more important for RCQs versus Pioneers?